understanding the revelation of his goodness, it is so key that we understand the foundation from which we operate. We are not just a religious group. We are not just a religious organization. We are in the household of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are not just members of a club. And it is so important that we every now and then bring messages that remind us of that fact. Sometimes you being in church, there seems to be quite a push on your back to perform for the things of God. There's a work to be done. The harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Why are you sitting down? And sometimes with that kind of encouragement, many of us are tempted to measure ourselves before God based on how well we are performing. But I'm here to share with us this morning the foundation of righteousness in the kingdom of God. Tell the person next to you the foundation of righteousness in the kingdom of God. So before we start, I just want to do a quick evaluation. I'm going to ask you some questions and please... Answer as honestly as you can before the Lord and his people. <laughs> what is, in your view, what is righteousness? Does anyone have an answer for that? What is righteousness? Right standing. Edla, share a little bit more. <laughs> I think it's right standing. I mean, from the Bible, from what I know, is as being right before God. Okay. Okay. Right standing before God. Does it fluctuate from day to day? Who who believes that righteousness fluctuates from day to day? I want to hear from such a person. Hmm? Elaborate a bit there. In other words, we are in right standing with God. Jesus mm-hmm. did it for us. Mm-hmm. But if you believe that you are not in right standing, so today you believe you're in right standing, tomorrow you don't believe it anymore, and so then it mm-hmm. fluctuates for you. Okay. What should one do to be righteous? <laughs> From this side, amen. Megamen. Accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of, uh, of their life. Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Mm. And then? Is that it? Yeah. Are you sure? Right. Yeah. As easy as that. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone have a different view? Then you must do what is right. Who, who said that? <laughs> Doctor. What and did you say? You must do what is right and stay away from whatever the Bible calls sin. And if you don't? Then you're not right. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for introducing that dynamic. Does anyone agree with that view? Does anyone agree with that view? Huh? No comments, just answered, man. Brief. I slightly agree with it. I don't think works can work our way to, in right standing to God because mm-hmm. he's paid the ultimate pli- price. Mm-hmm. But there is a version that says we must work out our salvation. Mm-hmm. So for me, it means I can't just go do what I want to do every day mm-hmm. just because I'm in right standing of God. Mm-hmm. So there's a responsibility on my side also to adhere to God's mm-hmm. will for my life. Mm-hmm. 
So, so would it be right for us to say then that people believe that you get it by grace, but in order to keep and maintain it, you need to... Um, I think righteousness comes only by faith. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> you, you can only be righteous mm-hmm. by faith. Otherwise, you are not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there an answer here? Someone here. <laughs> Want to read something? Oh, I, I'll be, be doing the reading. We'll take one more here, and then we'll ask, what is salvation? Yes, I, I want to agree with the brother there that uh, Jesus Christ is our righteousness. So mm-hmm. you, if you want to obtain that, you have to believe in him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, confess your sin and, and, and uh, realize that you are a sinner and that you need uh, mm-hmm. a Savior. And then on the other part that you raise is now that you've received Christ Jesus, continue in him, mm-hmm. rooted and grounded in your faith. So mm-hmm. if you don't continue in him, mm-hmm. being rooted and grounded, you mm-hmm. will fall around mm-hmm. for, for, for you as a person. Mm-hmm. What is salvation? <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> okay. What is salvation? What is salvation? If someone says, Would you, do you want salvation? What does that mean? Brother, you must sit in the front row. Huh? <laughs> what is salvation? What, what is salvation? Do we not know? How many of you are saved here? Okay. What is your definition of that salvation? Yes. I think salvation is the fruit of righteousness. Okay. Some theological answers here. <laughs> huh? So for a non-Christian... A non-Christian asks you, what is salvation? What will you say is the fruits of righteousness? What is fruits? What is righteousness? Salvation is what you get Mm -hmm. when you live a righteous life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) What is salvation? Because when you come for salvation, what are you coming for? Let's do it here. Um, salvation is being saved from eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. And eternal damnation mm-hmm. is separation from God from for God. eternity. Okay. That is salvation. Thank you, Malcolm. 60%. <laughs> Did you have that answer? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyone else in this area disagree with your leader here in the front? <laughs> Just something, Victor. I wanted to add on to what he said, that he's being saved from your, from your sins and being made the righteousness of God. Okay. Being saved from your sins, being made the righteousness of God. I say again. Through the blood. <laughs> so, so righteousness, these are themes that relate to religion. Right? Every religion is dealing with either... Ra- with righteousness and salvation. The righteousness aspect brings that moral code. Yeah? Do the right thing. Right? And then you've got the salvation aspect, which is the deliverance. Like, I'm in trouble. Come get me out. Save me the rescuing part. Right? 
But now the way that Christianity is different from other religions is key. We were speaking this morning and uh, Annette had a sense and a dream about God pouring out all these good things. Do you know that you are able to forfeit receiving those good things because of what you believe? Amen? So we're going to go through some scriptures. And remember we did a, 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 three, was a three or four part series on a reality check. Abortion, homosexuality, uh, social media, right? So with all that coming through, for those of you who are not involved in homosexuality, for those of you who are not uh, involved, uh, you, you weren't involved in an abortion, or you don't have an addiction to your cell phone, right? Your child didn't write a letter <laughs> saying, I wish I was a cell phone. For those of you who are like that, on that special Sunday, you were probably thinking, yeah, man, Mm. so good that they are finally saying these things here in church. (laughs) These people need to hear, you know, these people need to hear about these things, you know. And in, in your ranking, you know, in the realm of the spirit, you felt like, I'm actually in front. (laughs) I'm actually in front. Those guys need prayers. But I'm actually in front. Praise God. So therefore, Lord, pour out those blessings. Right? Jesus tells a parable about a religious man and a tax collector that go to the temple to pray. And he says that the religious man goes to the front. The Pharisee, he goes to the front. And he looks up and he says, oh, thank you, God, that I'm not like that other brother. Yeah? I tithe of this and that. I don't eat this and that. I follow this code and that law. Praise the Lord. I'm in front. And the publican or the tax collector was in the back. The Bible says that he didn't even look up. He beat his chest. And he says, oh, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus asks, which of these two men left justified before God? And this, he is speaking in the midst of the other religious people being around. Jesus was always speaking in a crowd, obviously. Speaking in the midst of people where there's a mixture between those who think they are right with God and those who think they are not right with God. The prostitutes, the tax collectors, the sinners are here. Then the religious, the the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the Lord, the scribes are also here. So he's typically making a comparison here. And then at the end he says that it was the tax collector that left justified before God and not the religious man. And the religious guys at that point were like, this Jesus. We wouldn't have killed you if you were not saying such things. Right? And for those of us, we were born in a Christian family. By the age of three, Psalm 23 was being recited backwards. Right? We started tithing as soon as we had a a Bob, Bob Teen account. We followed the laws of God. When we got married, we were virgins. Shining virgins. Right? 
And that is all good and well and honorable and fine. But it's not enough. And the issue with mankind is that they have lowered the standard of perfection. Tell the person next to you, what does God require of you? Answer them, perfection. And you ask them, how is it going? (laughs) How is it going? Yes. God requires the standard of righteousness is according to the righteousness of God. It's not just a righteousness which is based on, I tried. Lord, I tried. And then, at least I was doing better than brother so-and-so, so therefore, I'm first in line. They did that in our educational system. Eh? There was a time when they saw too many people are failing. So, let's move the goalposts. And the person who is in front will be 100%. <laughs> then the rest will be graded in like that. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. The standard of righteousness that God requires is perfection. Let's illustrate here. Julio, quickly come. And Salu. Salu is there. Send here. This, this man here, by sheer observation, appears to be someone who is well able to jump high enough to reach this this cloth here. So let's say this is the standard of righteousness is the cloth. Right? This one here, the chances are a bit against him depending on how athletic he may be. Right? So please, let us quickly do a competition, Julio. You can do a run-up even. But try and touch this white cloth here. Ne? Don't tear your jeans. <laughs> Okay, go for it. Yeah, any of them. You can try for the low one. You see how the the natural mind is. I'll go for the low one. Go for the low one. Try that. There's no time. Time is running out. Everyone only has 70 years. Hey! (laughs) No, thank you. Have a seat. Salud, maybe you can do better. Uh, no, no, don't even be discouraged by these guys. At them. <laughs> you can't say already, no, I won't even try. It's a very biblical response. Okay? No, no, you, this is heaven. Please. <laughs> try there from the earth. <laughs> huh? Try? Yeah, you might injure someone there. Just come this way, son. Okay, try your best. God will do the rest, Casa. <laughs> Thank you, Salu. So then, this is, this is what man then concludes. I will try my best. This is now scripture according to the people who don't know the Bible. Try your best and God will do the rest. God helps those who help themselves. First and second imaginations, chapter 6, verse 4. <laughs> huh? Right? I've tried, and God saw my attempt. The issue with righteousness is that it's not a matter of deeds. It's a matter of nature. It would be as much 
as a dog trying to become a table. By doing table-like things. Right? So if that dog stands still like this and has, has been trained to stand in a certain way where the coffee can be placed on him and everything, it will never make him a table. You will have to lie to yourself in order to persuade yourself that you have now moved from being an animal to being a table. When sin entered the world, there was an issue. There was a problem in man's nature. It wasn't just that they they now started to misbehave. They got corrupted in their nature. Do you understand? And the manifestation of that corruption was death coming to the race. Before sin entered, there was no death. There was no corruption in the nature. But when sin entered, man began to die. Because his nature was corrupted. He had the nature of God. And then, after sin, he had the nature of the devil. So this morning, we're going to go into the scriptures, and the idea is that you will have great boldness before God, yeah, as a result of the truth. Great boldness. Annette was reading the scripture about how, so that, 1 John, so that on the day of judgment we may have boldness. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. How many of you are very, very sure and bold and confident that if Jesus came today, today, like now, <laughs> that you would, you would be counted among the sheep and among the righteous immediately? <laughs> Thank you, Jürgen. <laughs> So now the definition of salvation, this is key because for religious people, they relegate salvation to the day they die. Right? The Greek word for salvation is soteria. Eh? Soteria, salvation. Or to save means to sozo. And that word there in the New Testament is used for more than eternal life in the sense of heaven. They use it for healing. They use it for deliverance. They use it for uh, deliverance out of a state of poverty. All of those are salvations. And if you consider what God is trying to do in terms of what he designed in Eden, then you will know that salvation is not just about getting one day when I die and then I go to the right place. And when we were talking here about righteousness and salvation, many of you have salvation as that day when you stand before God and you get a, yes, you are through, innocent. Is that true? But when you are, when you are trusting God for something that relates to your life, what do you usually use as the qualifier for God's blessing? 
how you're doing. Your, your natural or your, your religious righteousness. And this is where the enemy has come to steal what Christ has provided for. And you might disagree with me and say, no, it's all for the future. No, it's not. In fact, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil as a confirmation of the prophecy concerning the Messiah and the salvation that he would bring. The name Jesus or Yeshua means? It means salvation. It means salvation. It means that if you are walking with Jesus, if you are walking with Jesus, you begin to partake of his life. Right? Uh, Julio, come. Pastor Ephraim, come. So Pastor Ephraim will be the new man. <laughs> Julio, the old man. Nah? Okay. So now, with many people, when it comes to explaining salvation, is they see someone who became a better person. That is completely wrong. That is the other religions. You can take Islam, and you can take uh, Hinduism, and you can take the, all, all those other self-effort religions. You can take those. right? When it comes to Christianity, it's not the same guy. <laughs> it's not the same person at all. When it comes to Christianity, what Jesus did is he came onto the earth and then he exchanged his life for that of the sinner. So that the sinner will swap places with Jesus. Jesus takes all the punishment and all the pain and all the condemnation. Of that man's life. But you consider here, you still see yourself as the same guy. I just moved from this place into Jesus' shoes. It's not that even. It's better than that. So, the exchange is taking, so from a, from a basic point of view, the exchange is taking place. Yeah, we've exchanged. But now, it goes even further, that this person here, right, through this process, has died. <laughs> and has resurrected a new person. <laughs> and the Bible says, ah, 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 ah. this can never happen ever. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah? It says that my old man, your old man, don't you know that your old man was crucified with Christ? Some of you believe my old man sometimes comes up. It's impossible. It cannot happen. Right? What you are dealing with is the old mindset. But your old man, that old nature that was crucified with Christ, can never come back. Amen? Someone was uh, saying that, ah, now, now I understand who the Apostle Paul's father was. So people are asking, the Apostle Paul's father? I said, yeah, the Apostle Paul's father. Okay, how do you know who he is? He, no, apparently it's the, it's the thief that was uh, crucified next to Jesus. 
like, what? Is <laughs> the thief who was crucified next to Jesus was, was uh, the Apostle Paul's uh, father. Yes. Uh, how are you coming to that conclusion? No, because the Apostle Paul said, my old man was crucified with Christ. <laughs> huh? My old man was crucified with Christ. You must know to read your Bible. <laughs> anyway, that's why you come to a good church. So, your old man, your old man is crucified with Christ. Yeah? Then, it says in Corinthians 5, 17, He that is in Christ is a new creature yeah? that never existed before. Now, if you look yourself in the mirror on, during your salvation experience, you will not see any change. Why? Because this is only the box. The real you is inside the box. Look at the person next to you. In the eye. In the, look at them, not at their eyes. Look at them. <laughs> they are in the eyes. <laughs> right? There is an eternal being that is inside there. That is the one who died. Yeah? And then a new one came. This one here is exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly like Jesus. That's why the Bible says that we are in Christ. Exactly like Jesus. And when you begin to realize that, you begin to understand why we say, in the name of Jesus. I pray, in the name of Jesus. Because throughout the whole process, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, Galatians 2 verse 20, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, to undo this whole process, I'll leave that there. So now, this one here is in Christ. Everything that the son inherited, hmm, not even like, okay, yeah, you are also part of the inheritance, but we know it's you. <laughs> The way that you're standing before God, everyone is recognizing the same value, the same righteousness, the same legitimacy that you don't have to feel out of place when you are in heaven. When you are speaking in heaven to the Father in prayer, you don't have to feel out of place like, it's just me, Lord. Mm-mm. The same boldness that Jesus had is the same that he gave to us. And it wasn't just a giving. He did it in a way that was real. It was vital. It wasn't just uh, legal or theological. It was a real exchange. So when the Bible says, I was born again, it says, not of blood. Nor of the will of a man, but of the Spirit of God. He himself, by his own will, gave birth to us. That we are born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that endures forever. This is where you come from. You are not just a member. <laughs> huh? 
like those people said when the new, when the, never mind. <laughs> you are not just a member. <laughs> you are not just a member. You are in, <laughs> how do I explain these things? And when you begin, it, and it's not just for us to say, I'm just in the suit hiding like a Trojan horse, you know, like I, I entered heaven by, you know, and I'm in Christ hiding. I hope they won't find me in here. It's not like that. That one that would have hidden like that is died. The new one that came up is the spirit of his son, the Christ our Abba Father. Do you understand? Now this is a reality that must become a conviction. Because the devil, even though this happened, the devil will make you ignorant of it and make you most aware of this one. To the point where you are defined more by your failures than what Christ has done. You are defined, if you are winning, more by your winning than what Christ has done. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? By the law of faith. Right? It is impossible to boast before God. If you want to boast, go the whole way. Become perfect. Become perfect is the only way. And what the law is supposed to do, the commandment is supposed to discourage you. <laughs> I can't. Then you are ready for salvation. That's right. Now, if, <laughs> if, you, if you are here and the preacher is preaching, come to Christ and you know your life will, and you're thinking, well, um. I already did good. I've got a PhD now. Um, I got married to a good wife. You know, the finances are happening. We have two kids and a dog. You know? And I, I started investing now in the stock market. I've got a few, a few tenders lined up. And uh, <laughs> the quotas should be coming through. And uh, a few developments even in Omthia. <laughs> and now I'm also traveling to Dubai soon. You know, <laughs> So then, on top of it, oh, what is missing? Uh, I think Jesus is missing. Okay, let me come for Jesus. There's room at the cross for, for you. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. I know this feeling. Do you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Uh, do you repent of your sins? Yes. Uh, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, shake the hand of the preacher. Yeah, now, now things are complete. <laughs> the Son of God, the Son of God, was sent to the earth. He was removed of his clothes. Yeah? He was whipped at a stake, at a whipping post, right? They put a mocking crown on his head of thorns. He prayed to God to allow the cup to pass, the cup to drink your judgment, to the point of sweating blood, where his friends decided to sleep. He experienced the betrayal of his friend Judas. And then he was put on with a robe, a purple robe, saying he's the king, put on a robe on him. 
he was sent to King Herod, the king that wanted to kill him as a child, to be mocked. And then he was brought back to carry his own cross. And they crucified him between two thieves. And they put a, a plaque on top saying, Behold, the king of the Jews. For you who've seen the movies, they apparently put that, that underwear, that ancient underwear garb, that, that thing doesn't exist in crucifixion. It doesn't exist. It's not like, just leave his underwear on. The Romans don't think like that. This is a criminal. It's about humiliation. It's about offense in every way. And Jesus, the Son of God, was hanging on a tree. Cursed. And God turned his back on him. Just for you to add another tick on your list of achievements. It can never be. In all the other religions, you try your best. Do your best to become better. And when God does an assessment, then he will maybe weigh your good deeds against your bad or depending on your effort. But all of what God has done is because he loved you. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, but I'm quite a good person, you know. It's, it, he did it for a deserving person. The Bible says that perhaps someone would give up his child for someone noble and good in their place, like maybe a Mandela. Mandela is at ransom. Don't you want to send your son to take his place? Yeah, yeah, he's a good person. Yeah, Oh, Mother Teresa. Yeah, I'll send my son. But God sent his son for you. High treason criminals that hate God. You say, no, but from a young age, I didn't hate God. It's because you made him in your own image. From a young age, you just see the flowery, nice, beautiful God. The natural man cannot love God. All of us, all of us, none of us sought God. None of us were righteous. All of us, like sheep, were going astray, each one to his own way, seeking his own way. I am the God in my own life. God sent his son for someone as renegade and rebellious as me. And he didn't send him as in like, I'll be untouchable as the son and I'll just scoop you out of the waters of drowning and there you go, try again. Mm -mm. He had to take my place. Amen? So that your whole life your whole life can be impacted by the grace of God. Your whole life. Tell the person next to you, I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. Thank you. We can't leave you here this week. Let's go, let's go there to Romans chapter Romans chapter 1. Take down these scriptures. We'll run through them. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. The apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed 
of the good news of Christ because it is the power of God unto what is that salvation? Every need. Every need. Every need that you have in your life is addressed through the gospel by believing that Christ took my place and I took his place. Everyone. So it's not just eternal life. It's by grace through faith. And then when it comes to trusting the Lord for provision so I can take care of my children, I, I need to just, I'm alone. But the favor of God, the grace of God comes to enable every area of your life. Amen? For everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Next verse. Verse 17. For in the gospel, therein, do you see this? In the gospel is revealed the righteousness which is from God, the righteousness of God, which is from faith to faith. Meaning from faith to faith. From, it's by faith from beginning to the end. You don't only get saved by faith, you live by faith. Every single day, you need to have boldness before God by faith. Every time, if you are standing before God boldly because I'm fasting, God, <laughs> I'm fasting, so this needs to come through. You are selling yourself short. You could have gotten much more. It says it was made so, so that it could be by grace. And if it is by grace, then it can be by faith. And it is by faith, then the promise will be sure to everyone. You cannot mix. It's either by, by works or by faith. If it is by works, it is not by faith. If it is by faith, it, is, it can't be by works. Amen? Let's go there to Romans 10 verse 3. Please, you need to study the book of Romans. Do you know what study means? Because <laughs> a Christian study is different from normal study. Christian study means you read a few passages, I'm studying. No. You need to study the book of Romans. Amen? This is speaking about how the Jewish people, Israel, yes, they went after God according to the law to try and assert their righteousness and right standing with God. And then it says here, Romans 10 verse 3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Do you know what will happen if you do not submit yourself to receive righteousness as a gift and in your heart you want to earn your place before God through your works? Do you know what will happen? you will cease resting in the realm of the Spirit. Immediately, when you don't believe in the righteousness of Christ for you, you will stand up and go about to establish your own righteousness. And this is what is happening to people who don't know Jesus. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you will either subscribe to a religion or some other spirituality thing that is trying to establish your own righteousness before God. Or you will start one. You will either subscribe or you will start one. There's no vacuum. Amen? This righteousness element is based on Jesus. When you say, am I righteous? You must know that righteousness is a person. When it comes to you, Unto us a child is born. 
unto us a son is given. Not just, yes, righteousness as a concept, let's throw it down as rain to, to the earth. Everyone receive righteousness. No. Righteousness is a person. It's a personification. God is righteous. And therefore, he gave us his son for us to be in him and him in us and us in God and God in us. Amen? You must have boldness before God. It says in the book of 1 John that if our hearts do not condemn us, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we have boldness before God. And whatsoever we ask, we will receive. Some of you, you are wondering, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. What's going on, God? And I'm talking about asking for things which are in the, in, in the promises. Some people are asking for other people's husbands. The Lord will never give you favor for that kind of... Ne? Yeah? So when you are asking God based on the promises of God, then... Your heart should not condemn you. But how many Christians do you know who can pray without their heart saying, Ah, yeah. This prayer is it's not going to work, my brother. You know, maybe you should fast two days. Show God how, how, how committed you are. Because hmm? you haven't been so committed. How can... <laughs> you know, most. by the way, the scripture says... <laughs> huh? And so, the devil, if he can't get you not to get saved, he will get you to have a miserable walk with God. Where it's all your efforts. At the end, you feel like, ah, man, I might as well worship myself. Let's go there to Ephesians chapter, eight, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. Go back to verse 6. He raised us up together. Go back to verse 5. Okay. Even when we were dead in sins, pay attention eh? when we are reading the word of life. (laughs) Even when we were dead in sins, God has quickened or made us alive together with Christ. By grace, all of you are saved. He's speaking to a specific group. It's not everyone is saved in the whole world. It's not universalism. Verse 6. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. Where are you now spiritually speaking? As a born-again believer, where are you now? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above all powers and principalities and every other name. Give us the next slide. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ. And this is it. The angels, the angels didn't know how kind God is. Until mankind came on the scene. There was no mercy for Lucifer. When he transgressed, immediately he was kicked out and cursed. When mankind came, 
and he fell from grace. God himself <laughs> took off his robe to take the lashes that were for Adam. The angels were shocked. We are the ones who defend the prince of heaven, Jesus. No one can touch him. We are the ones who walk around as angels and we defend the kingdom of God and the son, the prince, Jesus. And yet on that day, when they were slapping him in the face and pulling his beard, the Bible says that like a sheep to the slaughter, he was quiet and he said nothing. Yeah? And the angels were like, let us defend him. He said, no. This is the mercy of God. So that in the ages to come, go previous verse. In the ages to come, not only in this age, even after when we are in heaven, that he is showing his exceeding, the exceeding riches of his favor and grace and his kindness towards us through Christ. Give us the next slide. For by grace are all of you saved through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Next scripture. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. And I'm telling you, some of us, we know how to boast. We know how to boast without boasting. <laughs> A false humility kind of boasting. No, it's not me. It's just Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why? Because you were not yet, you didn't yet get discouraged. By the failure of your nature. When you see yourself in the mirror as a, a, a brother who is not born again, and you think, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? Then you will every day, even if the worship team is playing all the wrong chords. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Jonathan can sing what he wants. I have a, a, a testimony. Yeah? And I've got a relationship with God that is daily. It doesn't matter what I may go through, what men may do to me. I have something inside. And I didn't receive it by earning. Amen? As a, as a Christian, as a believer, this is good news. This is good news. And the Bible says that when we hear the good news concerning Christ Jesus, that he took my place, that he took all my condemnation, that he took all my guilt, that he took all my sins away. That he paid for every sin that you have committed, that you did commit this morning, and that you might commit for the future. And the Apostle Paul, <laughs> when he said things like that, people would take rocks. Fire. 
man, how can you say such blasphemous things? Why? Because they think that the blood of Jesus is like the blood of those bulls and goats and those birds. Yeah? That that blood actually gave you innocence and a sense of confidence before God for how long? One year at least. This blood of Jesus, seconds after I've given my heart here, there, I can start feeling all sorts of condemnations and all of that. How can it be? And the book of Hebrews speaks to us about the fact that those who have been sanctified by the blood of Christ should no longer have a conscience of sin. Why? Do your sins get taken away by your asking forgiveness? Ask the person next to you, does asking forgiveness take away sins? Does asking forgiveness take away sins, church? Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. The fact that you are forgiven is because blood has already shed. And some of you have asked God to forgive me, but I don't know. I don't know, you know, how do I ask? No, ask like this, ask like that. Then you fast, then you give a small amount to the pastor then <laughs> and his wife. And then after that, then the Lord will forgive you. Amen. No, no, no. The Son of God, behold the Lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah? In, in our hearts, peace comes. We just go like, ah. And some of us from the Pharisee team, those of us who are righteously jealous for the holiness of God, eh? we don't like that. Why? Because it would be like the young brother came home. And we are expecting the father to take out the rotang. <laughs> be like, Welcome! Oh, rebellious one, <laughs> come here for your lashings before I enlist you as a servant in this farm for the rest of your life. Where is that inheritance I gave you? And that's what the older religious brother, Christian brother, front row seat, you know, <laughs> brother, no offense to you guys. Huh? When we see the tax collectors and the prostitutes getting a miracle from God, getting a blessing from God, but that guy even still swears here and there. How God, me, I, I, I'm a deacon. (laughs) I'm a deacon. For what? For what? I'm a deacon one year, two year, three year, four year, seven years. Just like Jacob. And then the others are going in. And the Bible says that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and he said to them, that the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. And you don't even want to enter yourselves. Neither do you want to let others in. It's like, block the door. Block the door. Amen? I remember... I was, I was on university when I, when I realized this. I had to go read my own Bible to check if these things were so. Reading Romans, reading Galatians, getting shocked that I've been a Christian for years and not knowing these things. Reading Hebrews and thinking, what? And just beginning to get so bold with God. 
and beginning to realize who I actually am in Christ. Yeah? Understanding what I've received in Christ. Yeah? And then from that time till now, my life has not been perfect, and yet the blessings keep coming. <laughs> Why? Because the blessings are not coming as rewards for your performance. They were already set aside as a manifestation of the perfect work that was finished on the cross. And all you need to do is come in and take some, and take some, and take some more, and take some more, and take, and take some more, and take, and take some more, and take some more. Till your religious brother is so upset with you. He's taking too much. Take some more. Take some more. Amen. Let us stand. <laughs> Lift up your hands to the Lord. Just begin to thank him for a complete salvation, not just heaven, <laughs> but a complete salvation. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here this morning and speaking to us concerning the holiest one, Jesus himself. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is the foundation of our church, is the foundation of our faith, Lord. Uh, Christ is our righteousness. And Christ is our hope. Oh God. And we do not boast. We are not like those who boast and have confidence in the flesh, Lord. We count everything as dung so that we may have Christ, Lord. That we may lose ourselves, Lord God, in Christ. Knowing that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Amen. If you are here this morning and you haven't yet given your heart to the Lord, you haven't yet received Christ as your righteousness. You haven't yet made a decision. You can put your hands down so I can see. You haven't yet made a decision to receive the gift of, 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 of Christ's righteousness. If you are here this morning and you want to you wanna receive that, I'd like to give you an opportunity. I'd like to pray with you. So if that's you, just raise your hand. We're going to pray with you. To receive Christ. This is your moment. Uh, Christ died for you. That you will receive Christ. Into your heart. If that's you. Just raise your hand so I can see. Thank you Lord. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Jesus Christ died on the cross for sinners. He did not come for the righteous. He came for those who are sinners. And the Holy Spirit is here. He's speaking to you. You are here this morning and he's saying, it's you. It's your day today. So if that's you, we want to pray with you. So come to the front. Come here. Come to Jesus. Make a bold step as if you are coming to Christ. Come. Now, Come. Don't be afraid. Nothing can hold you back. Just come forward. God bless you, brother. Come to Christ. If you raise your hand, come quickly. Don't hesitate. Come. Come, young lady. Come to Jesus. Come and take your inheritance. Come and receive what Jesus died for on the cross. Come and receive righteousness before God. Come and receive eternal life. Come and receive the grace of God. Amen. Hold your hands open like this. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I am here. I am home. I need you. I hear your Holy Spirit speaking. I don't know everything, God. But I know that I need to be forgiven. I know that I need to change. I know that I need to become a new person. And only you can give it to me. This morning, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry, God. Help me. This morning, I receive Jesus as my righteousness, as my holiness. I receive the life of Christ in my place. I receive the forgiveness of God. And from today, I put all my trust, all my faith, all my hope in Jesus. I believe that he is alive today. I believe he died in my place. I believe that he is risen from the dead. And I believe that I am now in him. Come, Lord Jesus, and live in me. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for the miracle of new birth. In the name of Jesus. Father, we release every grace, Lord God, for transformation in these lives. Thank you that the gospel has power to save. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now you are working in their hearts that they will never be the same again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I cancel and I cut every demonic hold over their lives in the name of Jesus right now. And Father, we just release the grace. We see them being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, Lord God. Father, that every darkness is fleeing away from them right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for revelation to be opened in their minds, in their hearts, Lord, that their spiritual eyes will be opened to see that they are now sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, we pray a blessing over them, Lord God, in their journey as, as they mature in Christ, Lord God, that every step they take, Lord God, will be a step in growing as a child of God, Lord. That nothing will hold them back, that they will not look back, Lord God. That they will not look at themselves, Lord, but that they will look at Christ Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you for them. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 There is someone who is standing behind you. They are going to explain more what is happening to you. Welcome home. Amen. Amen. The Father is smiling at you. The Father is smiling at you. You'll never be the same again. All your questions have an answer, and that name is Jesus. Amen. Church, may the Lord bless you.
May he bless you beyond. <laughs> May he bless you till the point where you, your mouth is filled with laughter. May your family experience joy. May the provision of God pursue you. May you be able to add value wherever you put your hand to. And may the grace of God follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, the leaders will be here to minister to you. May the Lord bless you.